Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. How many of y'all are excited about the fall temperatures and uh, the frost on the pumpkins? And uh, yeah, it's um, God in His goodness. God in His goodness. Well, I'd like to jump into the Word this morning. I believe that God's uh, given me a word for for this day to share with you. It's a it's actually a continuation of of last week's message, and our messages are online. And I've entitled this series or this section of of messages the splendor of the spirit the splendor of the spirit and this is part two and and it's based off of the uh, prophet isaiah's words his letter uh, isaiah chapter 11 where it speaks of the spirit of the lord coming upon jesus this was a foretelling and it's a description of the spirit of god it says there shall come forth a rod from the stem of jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. He's speaking of Jesus. And the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So we see within this real brief text, um, I almost said text message, within this passage of Scripture, we see seven different character traits of the Holy Spirit and And I touched on a few of them last week. The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit has a personality. He has a mind, will, emotions. He speaks. And the Spirit of the Lord is to be be honored, to be be, uh, obeyed, and to be trusted. And the Holy Spirit is, is our Lord. And we see that Jesus Himself submitted to the authority of the Holy Spirit. We see that in the early church in the book of Acts, the, the, the New Testament church, they submitted to the authority of the Holy Spirit as Lord. And they, they did whatever He said to do. And, and He's also referred to as the Spirit of Wisdom. And within the Scriptures, we see the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Wisdom oftentimes interrelated or, or used synonymously that... that the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Wisdom are used uh, to describe the same person. And this, this deep-seated wisdom that so much of us desire is really found in the person. And that person is the person of the Holy Spirit. So seeking Him for wisdom and, and the key to walking in its wisdom is fostering our relationship with the Holy Spirit, which leads us to the next one. The Spirit of the Lord is not only the source of wisdom, but He is the Spirit of understanding. The Spirit of God wants us to, to understand His ways. He wants us to understand His Word. And, and as we get into this, as we foster a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God comes alive. He's the one who inspired over 40 authors, over 1,600 years, what to write. I mean, the Scriptures are written by people, but they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And, and they come alive the more we get to know the Holy Spirit. And and God opens His Word to us. And, and this next facet of the, the Spirit of God is, is His title. He's the Spirit of Counsel. Counsel. Isaiah 11, verse 2 says, The Spirit of Counsel shall rest upon Him. Now when we use the word counsel, we, we're speaking of guidance. We're speaking of, 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 of advice. We get counsel. We're looking for direction. We need clarity. Uh, we're looking for, for input into our lives. And, and if we're honest with each other, each and every one of us have had times in our lives where we really wish we had just a go-to person to answer questions in our hearts about, about how to proceed with something. 
Perhaps you feel overwhelmed with, with life and it's like, I don't even know where to start. I wish somebody would just tell me. Anybody here ever just really feel overwhelmed? And it's like there's so many things going on, you don't even know where to start. And so the spirit of, of counsel is one that we can go to. We may be facing a project that, that, that we're, we need to tackle, and it's like, I don't even know how to begin this. Or maybe there's, we're, we're, there, there's time management deficiencies within our lives. Or resource deficiencies that we say, man, I just wish I knew how to handle this better. I wish I knew how to manage my clock or my, 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 my resources. And, and, and where can I find this counsel? I wish there was just somebody I could go to. And, and counsel and advice are sought after when making decisions. Oftentimes we know what we want to do, but we don't know how to do it, right? A couple weeks ago, we replaced the carpet in the foyer. Doesn't it look beautiful? And, and, and that was a big project, and we knew what, it want, what we wanted it to look like, and we did it all in-house. It was from people that are sitting around you. We did that. And we knew what, what we wanted it to look like, but we needed some counsel as to the details. And how do we make this happen? How do we, how do we have this come out where, we, where it looks good? And so we sought counsel. We sought somebody who had done this before and with experience, and so, so it, the, the job turned out. You see, having a goal is great, but we, know, we need to know how to get there. And maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, you know what, there's an area of your life, of my life, that you really need some counsel in. That you really are, are, are hungry to say, God, I, I, just, I just need something. I, I need your counsel. I need some advice. You know, perhaps it's something about your past that just won't let go. Maybe it's something in your history and, and you're thinking, you know what, this just keeps plaguing my mind. Maybe it's been weeks, maybe it's been months, maybe it's been years, maybe it's been decades. And the Word of God says that we are to live the abundant life in Christ. And maybe you're thinking, you know what, there's something that's holding me back from, from being all that God has created me to be. And it's got something to do with my past. Maybe the way you were, some things that were instilled in you growing up in your home, the way your parents treated you, the way life happened, and you feel stuck. And you're wondering, how do I get past this? And you need some counsel. We've seen many, many, many people get counsel. There's some great people right in this church body who have helped people get past their past. And, and, and they, they've been liberated from, from feeling stuck. Perhaps you're facing a situation that, that right now you're in the midst of and you're saying, oh, boy, I wish I knew how to get out of this. I wish I knew how to get over this hill. I wish I knew how to, to get a breakthrough in this area. So perhaps you're facing something right now or maybe you're going to be facing something and you could see it coming down the road and you're thinking, boy, I just have no clue how I'm going to proceed with this. And, and friends, the Holy Spirit is referred to as helper, counselor, Right by our side, in John's Gospel, chapter 14, Jesus was saying, sharing with his disciples the night before he was crucified. He said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You see, friends, Jesus knew what he was talking about. When he mentioned what the Holy Spirit's going to do in his followers' lives. You see, when we look at the life of Jesus, the spirit of counsel rested on Jesus. That's what Isaiah wrote. He said, the spirit of counsel will rest on him. 
So there was something within the life of Jesus as he carried out his mission here on earth, he received counsel from the Holy Spirit. That's not something we think of very often. We think, well, he was God, and, and he didn't need advice. He didn't need counsel. And yet the Word of God says that the Spirit of God brought counsel to him. As a man, Jesus relied on the counsel, the advice, the guidance, the input of the person of the Holy Spirit to, 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 to make decisions and, and to live out and to carry out the plans of his Father. Each step of, of of his life was under the Holy Spirit's counsel. And friends, if Jesus relied on the, the counsel of the Holy Spirit in his walk, isn't it a given that we need the Spirit of counsel in our lives as well? It only makes sense. Are, are you with me? That if, if Jesus needed a Spirit of counsel, how much more, more us? You see, God fashioned us to be dependent on him. That's how he made us. You see, many people reject this whole idea of counseling. They, they think counsel isn't necessary. You see, for one, it's, we need to humble ourselves to receive counsel. The pride really bucks counseling. There, there's husbands and wives. There's people going through conflicts. And, and it's like, let's go get some counseling. And it's like, no, we don't need counseling. We can figure out our own problems. What do they know? And you see, pride can come into the way of, it, it can hinder what God wants to do. And this is why some people won't ask for directions when they get lost, right? You kind of elbow in your spouse, and like, yeah, right, get some counsel, right? We need, to know, we need to know where we're going. Now, there's different sources of counsel. There's, there's godly sources and there's ungodly sources. And the Scriptures give us many, many examples of, of ways that ungodly sources oppose the work of God. One of the greatest ones that I, I, I see that just, it, it's right in the tip of my memory bank is, is when Solomon, King Solomon, he was, he was David's son. So David established the kingdom of Israel and he set up his kingdom in Jerusalem. And, and then Solomon came and he built this temple of, for the Lord and, and there was peace and there was prosperity under the reign of Solomon. And like no other time before, more wealth and, and riches and peace and prosperity were pouring into Israel under Solomon's leadership. Solomon was this, this wise king and, and there was peace like no other time in the history of Israel. When Solomon died, he handed the, the, the kingdom was handed over to his son named Rehoboam. And Rehoboam's sitting there thinking, okay, I'm, I'm the king, so how do I proceed? And so the Scripture says in 1 Kings chapter 12 that he went and he, he received counsel from his dad's counselors. Okay, so he goes to his father's counselors and he says, guys, what do you think? The people are approaching me and they're saying, you know what, Rehoboam, your dad was a little bit hard on us. And... and, and and what are you going to do? How are you going to lead us? And Solomon's, his dad's counselor said, serve the people well. Be, be good to them. Be, be light on them. Serve them. And it's going to go well for you. And what does Rehoboam do? He goes to his buddies. And he says, hey guys, what do you think? I'm, I'm on the throne now. How should I reign and rule? The people are wondering if I'm going to be as harsh as my dad was, if I'm, going to, if I'm going to rule like them. And his buddy said, hey, you show them who's boss. Come down even harder than your dad. Show them, show them who's in charge around here. And in his foolishness, Rehoboam received their counsel. 
And he went before the people and he said, you know what, my dad was nothing. If you want to see harshness, it's coming your way. And the Scripture says that there was this incredible revolt against him. And the whole nation split. It split into two. It split into, there were 12 tribes of Israel. And 10 went to the north and it was referred to from that point on as Israel. And down in in the capital of Israel was uh, Samaria then. And only two tribes, I believe it was Judah and Benjamin, stayed in Jerusalem as the, temp, as the capital. And so you had Jeru- Israel to the north and Judah to the south. And so when you're reading about the history of Israel, sometimes you read of Judah and sometimes you read of Israel. But the whole kingdom divided. It's split. And, and, and there was, there was this, this whole... It, it, the sin started because of ungodly counsel. We read in, in the Scriptures of Jacob following the counsel of his mother, Rebecca. Why don't you go deceive your dad? You can get away with it. And, and he went and deceived his dad. We read of Job's friends giving him advice, giving him counsel. He's in this time of mourning and pain and anguish. And he receives counsel from his friends. You see, friends, we've all experienced ungodly counsel from others. People have watched us go through things and they say, why don't you just get revenge? Give them some of their own medicine." And, 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 and show them who's boss. Get back, retaliate. People have told us that, that sin isn't a big deal. That God's grace will just cover it all. Your sins are forgiven. I don't even like sharing those words, even as an example. But some people think, you know what, God's grace, and I'm going to just go out and live my life, and, and God's a loving God, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That is not according to God's Word. It's not according to God's Word. People telling us, don't get too radical about Jesus. You don't want to become a fanatic. You don't want to embarrass yourself. You don't want anything to, you don't want to cause waves at, at, at work. You don't want to do anything that would jeopardize your financial stability. You see, friends, there's no shortage of people trying to give us their advice. Whether it's marriage. Hey, you got this issue going on in your marriage. Well, this is what you should do, and this is how you should handle that. Counsel and advice on parenting. Well, this is how you should raise your kids. This is how you should discipline them. This is what you should do, and this is what you shouldn't do. And, and there's always people ready to give us counsel, right? Advice on parenting, on marriage, on finances, on investments, on, on, on politics, on education, on health. This is what you should be doing. If you want to succeed, if you want a healthy body, if this is where you should work. This is where you should go to school, right? Am I, am I speaking a language that, that we are hearing? that people are always ready to jump in and give us counsel, give us advice. So whose counsel do we embrace? Who do we go to for counsel? Well, I would suggest that we usually go to people that we believe know more than we do, and they care about us. And that, that, that they care about our well-being, but this is where we need to be careful. Because sometimes the input that we receive from others is not of God. It's from the powers of darkness. Who put those thoughts in those counselors of Rehoboam? It wasn't God. They're just speaking their mind. But it was, it was from an ungodly source. And the reputation, the strength, and the glory of God was under attack. You see, friends, there's counsel being made against each and every one of us in the spiritual realm. There's counsel. There's things that are going on, there's strategy sessions that, are, that, that, the, that the spiritual powers of darkness are looking at each one of our lives 
Friends, we have to be, we have to be on guard. There's strategies and plans against you, and there's, there's strategies against your family, against your health. One of the ways that I pray often is God confound the plans of the enemies. Thwart the plans of the enemy that have been assigned against me, against my brother, against our church, against this community, against our nation. We need to be people of prayer. Amen? But this is one of the ways we can pray is God just mess up the plans of the enemy. We see all, so many examples of that. We don't know what's going on in the spirit realm, but God does, and there's power in prayer. I think of Job's friends giving him counsel. It led to shame. It led to guilt. It led to confusion. Even the apostle Peter, he thought he was giving heartfelt advice to Jesus, and Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He's like, whoa. I'm just sharing what's on my heart. Well, that originated in, in a place of darkness. And so we really need to be careful. Embracing counsel from wrong sources can have very serious consequences. Marriages and families we see are ruined because of bad counsel. We, we, see, we see businesses have closed down because of bad counsel. People have suffered pain and heartache because they followed some bad counsel of somebody they trusted. We all know situations, right, where somebody got bad counsel and things just went south, right? And things went, things went sour. And most importantly, embracing counsel that is not of God can tarnish the reputation of God. And that should be very dear to our hearts. Is what, what about the reputation? You see, friends, the world, the reason the world is in such a mess is back in Genesis chapter 3, there was some ungodly counsel given in the Garden of Eden. And mankind embraced that ungodly counsel. See, according to, to Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the voice and the influence of darkness has been prevalent. And people, mankind has been in the grips of this, this, this counsel. But we've been freed by God's grace. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, the first couple of verses, and he said, And you he made alive, he's speaking to believers, to followers of Christ, who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. In other words, he's saying, none of y'all were exempt from the tactics, the strategies, the, the mindset, the system, the sway, the powers of darkness. You see, friends, there is a corruptness and a, pers and a persuasive system of values in our, in our world. Is there not? That it's attacking principles and morals and, 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 and values, and they're at work trying to pull us away from the, from the ways of God. This is why it says in 1 John in chapter 2, in verse 15, it says, Do not love this world or the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not love uh, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and, and pride in our achievements and possessions. Yet these are not from the Father, but are from this world. You see, there's a sway in this world. We can enjoy God's creation, but he's saying, watch out for this system, the, this atmosphere. You see, the reason the Holy Spirit had John write this is because he, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of counsel. And he sees the destruction that can come to the body of Christ when we, when we get sucked into the ways of the world. And we start to justify, read through the book of Colossians, and we, we read a philosophy, an empty deceit that is so trying to get into our heads. Am I, am I communicating with you? 
Are you, are you sensing that there's so much trying to get our attention? You see, the Spirit of God knows the tactics of the powers of darkness. He wants us to read the Word. He was giving counsel through His Word. It wasn't just empty, empty words. You see, when it comes to counsel, the tendency is to gravitate towards what we want to hear. What we want to hear. There's churches that are filled with... with um, that are filled with people that are getting their desires catered to. What the people want to hear, give it to them. That's the philosophy of many, of many churches. There are churches that endorse sinful practices in fear of losing people. They don't want the attendance to go down, so they say, you know what, just come on, come as you are and stay that way. We love you. Everybody loves each other. And, and friends, I get that. And it's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay not okay. You follow? So when we come in, there ought to be a transformation. I love this little, the little hokey pokey when you give your life to Jesus and you turn your life around. Amy, did you teach him that one? You did. All right. Well, that's awesome. You know, but I mean, that's what happens. There should be some transformations. You see, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in his second letter, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. You see, friends, I think you're aware that there are countless flavors of religion available in our culture. You just jump on the Internet and you're going to find a group, a ministry, a church that embraces what you want to hear. And you could follow them. You could follow them, friends, but there's, there's much confusion. There's very little depth, and there's virtually no impact for the kingdom of God. You see, under the pretense of Christianity, religious spirits have hijacked the minds of so many people and have focused on protocol and focused on traditions as a priority over the word of God. Many denominations and religious ministries build their reputation on select passages of Scripture that can draw a crowd. And, and that's what they talk about. That's the flag they wave. It's, it's the primary message from the pulpit. It's reinforced. I love what the Apostle Paul shared with the, the leaders from Ephesus. He started this church in Ephesus on one of his missionary journeys. And years later, he went back and he met with the elders as he was passing through the area. And he said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 27, he said, For an eye have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God, the whole counsel of God. He said, I've shared everything that the Spirit of God put on my heart. I've shared it with you. He didn't just pick and choose the, the certain things that they wanted to hear. He shared the whole counsel of God. Friends, that is our desire here at New Life. That we share the whole counsel of God. That we don't just pick and choose uh, verses and, and subject matters that are, that are really acceptable and that we can all be tolerant of. The whole counsel of God. The Apostle Paul shared about the love of God, yes. He shared about the grace of God. But he, and he also shared about holiness. He shared about repentance. He shared about sin. He shared about judgment. He, he shared about, about forgiveness. He shared about idolatry. He did it in a loving way, but he didn't hold anything back. He said, this is the whole counsel of God. This is the, the plan of salvation. This is the kingdom of God. And he shared the whole counsel. You see, unlike ungodly counsel, the Holy Spirit is the source of giving godly counsel. 
I mean, think about this for a moment. Think of what you would look for in an ideal counselor and you will find that in the person of the Holy Spirit. A good, a good counselor will, will look at you and they will recognize what is possible in your life. And then they will share with you the steps needed to get to that place. Right? A, a counselor will look at you and say, this is possible. I don't, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. This is what's possible. And here's some steps you can take. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He does that. A good counselor knows more than we do. They see things in a different way. They bring a, a, a fresh perspective to a situation. Is the Holy Spirit capable of doing that? Absolutely He is. He wants to bring us per, uh, a perception and, and a different perspective. A good counselor is gentle. A good counselor is empathetic. They're not harsh and critical. When you share with them how you're feeling, they don't just say, stop it. Right? They walk you through it. They empathize with you. The Holy Spirit is gentle. A good counselor infuses hope. They don't say, you know what, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know if there's any hope for you. A good counselor doesn't do that. The Spirit of God in Romans 15.13 is the, the Spirit of hope. Paul's prayer was that they would abound in hope through the Holy Spirit. A good counselor can be trusted even when their counsel doesn't seem to be making sense at the moment. Think of Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, he's being led by the Spirit. He's being led by the Spirit. Where did the Spirit lead him? He led him into the wilderness to, to fast and to be tempted by the devil himself. Not just ungodly influences. This is the devil himself. But Jesus trusted the guidance of the Holy Spirit wholeheartedly. You see, friends, an important aspect of following the direction of the Holy Spirit is He always guides us into alignment with God's bigger plan. Always. Always. Two people can't walk together unless they're in agreement on the direction. He brings us into an alignment. You see, the Holy Spirit will always, always guide us in a direction that God is moving. Amen? He wants to lead us into the direction that He is actively engaged. You see, we are part of something that is so much bigger than ourselves. It is so much bigger than us as individuals, as family members, as a church body, as a community. We are part of something so much bigger. And God's counsel will always feed into His eternal purpose. What is God's eternal purpose? It's to, it's to establish a family, to adopt people made in His image into His family as sons and daughters that we would be holy and blameless. In other words, we would be whole. We would be liberated for the glory of God, for the goodness of God to be displayed and the love of God and the grace of God to be displayed to all of creation. That's the purpose of our creation. How many of you all knew that? All right. There's a few of you who knew that. That we were created to be a part of a family. A relational family. A loving family. People need to know they were created to be a part of God's family. To bear the image of our loving Creator is our purpose. That's our ultimate purpose. Is that when people see us, they would say, I see the, the Creator of the living God being manifested through this life and through that life. You see, if we miss that, we missed everything. 
Amen? We have, to, we have to know. People need to, to know this purpose. This is what's being reinforced right now in our child care area, in the nursery and the toddlers and the preschoolers and the kids' church and, uh, and our SWAT youth ministries. This is what's reinforced. Our generation needs to know they are greatly loved by God, that God is real, that God wants a relationship with them and that, that God doesn't look at their past. He, he looks at where they are. He looks at them as He created them to be. And each day of our lives, we have an opportunity to play an important part in seeing God's purposes fulfilled because within the purpose of God is the counsel of God, the ways of God. You see, the Holy Spirit's desire is to guide each and every one of our lives through countless situations. Countless situations throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout years and decades for some of us. Countless, just scores of situation encounters with others that will perpetuate the resurrection of Jesus. That, that people will see the glory of God being revealed in us. You see, we need to remember that the counsel of the Spirit will always draw us closer to the heart of God. Sometimes we want direction, we want counsel. And I've heard it expressed like, like, Dad, would you, would you get the movie, put the movie in the VCR? Okay, whatever it's called nowadays. Put it in, and, and I don't want you to watch it with me. Just get it started, then you can leave. Right? Just show me how to do it, and then, and then please leave. And a lot of times, I, I know that this was shared recently, that, that we want the benefits of God, but we don't want His Lordship. We don't want, we don't want his, Him to be too much involved with our lives. But friends, we have to get rid of that mindset. You see, when our desire for direction from God is, is superseded by our desire for God Himself, we will not only get the direction we're longing for, but more importantly, we get God. You see, sometimes we just want the direction. And we say, God, replace that with a heart for you. And I know that you will give me the direction. You see, as we listen to the Holy Spirit, we're listening to the will of the Father shared by the Son through the voice of the Spirit. And there's no higher source of counsel. I think of the psalmist when he writes, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, and in Psalm 8, which you have ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him? When you look up into the skies, when we see the creation, we say, wow, God, you're so magnificent and yet you're mindful of me. In my puny little life, it, it matters to you. Psalm 32 and verse 8, the Lord says, I will instruct you and I will teach you in a way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. What a gracious God we have. What a gracious God. He knows your name. He knows everything about us. And he has so much to share with us. But we need to listen. You see, re receiving counsel requires the ability to listen. If, if you're going to seek out a counselor, if I was going to seek out a counselor, I would prefer one that speaks English. Nothing against Spanish or, or French or any of the other languages in this world, but I would want to hear it in English. And, and you see, friends, the Holy Spirit wants us to be familiar with His voice. One of the best ways to be familiar with His voice is to be familiar with His Word. When we get into his word, we're receiving from him. We're, we're, we, we, we need to get to know the word. We, we read through the book of Romans and Corinthians and Ephesians and Colossians. And as we're reading this, we're, we're getting the counsel of the Lord. That's one of the ways he speaks to us. 
He speaks to us not only through his word, but through thoughts and, and, and visions and, and different circumstances. It can take place in our life and other people, and, and, and he whispers things in our ears, and he puts thoughts in our minds. In recognizing his counsel, it takes, it takes quality time. That we don't just, there's no pill that we can take and say, well, there, I, I, now I got the counsel of the Holy Spirit upon my life. There's not a quick fix. It takes time. But it takes a desire on our part. The Lord says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He's done everything possible. He's put everything out on the table for us, including his counsel. But he says, you've got, you got to draw near to me, and, and I want you to listen. I want you to succeed. I want you to, to feed into this big plan that, I've, that I'm inviting you into. Before we can receive the things of the Spirit of God, we need to know. We need to know Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says there, we can't discern spiritual things because we don't have the, the natural man doesn't discern spiritual matters and so it starts with becoming born again. It starts with saying, Jesus, I need you. I recognize what you did for me on a cross and, and that you paid the way you forgave my sins and now I need to receive that provision that you've made. And I believe that you rose from the dead. You're victorious over the powers of darkness. You're victorious over the powers of death. I want to live for you. And at that point, the Spirit of God will come and take up residence within you. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's called born again. Your spirit comes alive. And also, just like Jesus, we need to be filled with the Spirit. There was an impartation that took place when Jesus was baptized. The Word of God says the Spirit of, uh, the, spirit of the Lord came upon him and anointed Jesus. It was critical for Jesus to carry out his role in God's overall plan. Would you stand with me, please? If you need direction from God this morning, and maybe you're thinking, you know, there's so many different areas that I, I wish I just could tap in and say, God, what do, you, what do you have in store for me in this area? How do I proceed? How do I get unstuck? How do I handle this difficulty? I would just challenge you. If that's the type of direction that you're hungry for, ask the Lord to change that hunger for direction with a hunger for Him. For intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And He will give us that direction. But but that he would, he would give us a hunger for him more than anything. That direction will come as a result. And I just want to close in prayer this morning, but if, if the Lord is speaking to you and you'd like prayer for something specific and maybe you're, you're seeking direction and you're just saying, you know what, man, I really need to hear from God. I'm facing something that is so critical or or it's so necessary that I hear from God, I don't want to blow this, I need to hear from God. Um, I'm going to just close in prayer, and I just invite you, if you need prayer for something specifically, if the Holy Spirit is putting something on your heart, 
that you're relating to, and he's saying, I want you to take a step. I want to invite you to come to the front of the altar. And we'd be glad to pray with you and just agree together that if there's any hindrances, if there's any obstacles that are keeping you from hearing from God and receiving from him, that he would reveal it to us and that his name would be glorified in our lives. So as I pray, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and you want to come forward, uh, otherwise this will be like a dismissal prayer, but don't cut short if God is speaking to your heart right now. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your amazing plan of sending your Son to redeem us. We thank you for the involvement of your Spirit in our lives, that life-giving Spirit. Holy Spirit, we have sung that song many times, you are welcome here. May that here be the, be the, the habitation of our bodies. You are welcome in our minds. You are welcome in our thoughts. You are welcome in our attitudes. We seek your face. We seek your voice. We seek your presence. We ask that you would give us a desire to, to have a stronger relationship with you. Give us that desire to know you, to recognize your voice, and give us the courage to act upon the words that you share with us. Lord, we thank you for this ever-present promise that we can cling to, this anchor. And Lord, as we head out into the rest of this day, into this week, and into this upcoming month, Lord, that we would just stand in awe that you would care about our every need and you would want to speak into our lives. And so we receive that. Help us to open that door as often as you bring it to our remembrance so that we can live a victorious Christian life to a watching world and that you would receive the glory. And we ask these things, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And as the children said, all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.